going on, guys? This is Gary. It is April 4th. Can you believe it? We're in April, everybody. Um, and just want to thank you for listening. want to thank you for checking us out on Instagram, which is just simply at Let's Talk Soccer. Uh, we just celebrated today, actually, our three-year anniversary of being on Instagram. So um, we have grown quite a bit since then and we have you guys to thank for it so we do greatly appreciate it what we're going to do since it's a really tight turn between game week 32 and blank game week 33 is we're just going to get straight into week 33 and rather than a bunch of banter on expected goals and you know you name it all kinds of underlying stats and stuff like that we're just going to get right to the players that are on our watch list for week 33. Remember, it is a blank game week, so you have a limited number of teams to choose from, and of course, an even more limited number of players to choose from from those teams. If you do want details on these players and any additional stuff related to the game week, um, you can go to our Insta Stories and we did another one of our very popular um, and fun Q&A collaboration with FPL Football Advice. So go to our Insta stories. You'll see it posted there. Just press see more at the bottom of that post, and you'll be taken to the article. Uh, this month we did it with FPL Football Advice and also FPL Canuck, who's very knowledgeable and very cool guy from – the Great White North in Canada. Um, so lots of different perspectives and lots of good information there. So check it out. All right, here we go. We're going to do this by position. Goalkeepers to watch for week 33. We have Schmeichel, Kepa, Dubrovka, and Allison. Now, these are chosen for different reasons. Some of them we know our clean sheet magnets like Allison. And we also know that um, we also try to pick players that have really favorable fixtures, either, you know, of course, for game week 33, but also as far into the rest of the season as we can get. Um, so, we are trying our best to hook you guys up with long-term solutions there. On the defender side of things, we have the three boys on the back line of Liverpool, Alexander-Arnold, Van Dyke, and Robertson. Can't go wrong with any of them or any combination of them. Uh, from Crystal Palace, we have Schlupp and Juan Basaka, neither of which performed particularly well in Week 32, which is kind of a bummer because we were banking a bit on Schlupp. But hopefully in sort of the advanced role and the attacking role he's playing, even though he's labeled as a defender, uh, more of a midfielder role, hopefully he will produce some results for those of you that own him. Um, from Leicester City, we have Chilwell and Ferreira, either of which are dangerous in terms of returning attacking points, too. Kolasinac from Arsenal. And, you know, we gave this one a lot of thought. And as we were writing our article 
um, that I just mentioned. Do a little bit of a deep dive into Kolasinac, and we know that he's got potential for attacking returns, but I think there's a lot of hype around him. I'm not saying he's not a good player to pick up, but I'm saying he's not quite uh, the miracle man that I think he might be made out to be, especially we've seen a lot of hype on Twitter, and um, not quite sure all of it is deserved. Now, he might go out this weekend and uh, bag himself a goal, maybe an assist and a clean sheet, and I will eat my words, but at least based on historical evidence, not super impressed with him. And then from Chelsea, we have David Luiz and Espilicueta. Espilicueta especially had a really good game week 32. Midfielders on our watch list, of course, Mane and Salah. Know that Mane is the hotter of the two right now, much hotter, as a matter of fact. But Mo is going to go at some point. He's too good of a player to be quiet for the rest of the season. So he might pop this weekend. He is right now our captain choice. Um, So you know, and actually we posted a draft of our team, and most likely our locked-in team is at um, the Let's Talk Soccer Instagram page. So take a look and let us know what you think. Not the most glamorous of squads, but also did not want to get rid of um, Sterling and Aguero uh, until at least we know more about the extent of Aguero's injuries. But, you know, yes, I guess there's a little bit of a threat of rotation. My thought on the rotation that happened in the Cardiff game is that um, there were some injuries, um, so they were going to be rotated regardless. Um, there was some fatigue, so a bit of a rest is fine. Um, but more so, they were playing a beleaguered and already relegated Cardiff side. So Cardiff, you know, just out of professionalism, they are going to play hard, but they don't have anything really to fight for, whereas Man City does. So uh, I don't think there was ever really a doubt that Man City, with whatever team they put out on the pitch, was going to win that game. So I'm not super concerned that this is going to be um, a strategy through the end of the season, you know. And with the six games that six league games that City has left, you know, even if Aguero and Sterling are on managed minutes, um, these guys are still capable of scoring more points than players who are nailed on and play 90 minutes every game. So I'm not super worried about that, at least not right now. And then the third player on our bench that we haven't gotten rid of yet is Rashford. And just looking at sort of the team form of Manchester United combined with their upcoming schedule, uh, looks like we're going to go get Jimenez to replace him. Just didn't want to take the hit, especially in a week where um, Jimenez doesn't play anyway. So um, in terms of other forwards that are on our watch list, um, Hazard, Oh, sorry, midfielders, not forward. Hazard and maybe Hudson Adoy. He had a good showing in his start for Chelsea over the week or during this week. Um, I would imagine Sorry will feel a little bit of pressure to start him again or at least play him for a decent amount of time. So, with as much as he's shown what he can do in very limited amounts of minutes, I think he might be 
going to have, even if he's just on your bench, quite honestly, he's extremely cheap. So um, maybe a good rotational player, you know, if uh, for auto sub purposes, at the very least, especially if you're wild carding your team and you're looking for some cheap bench options, but also viable bench options, he may be one to go with. Um, Fraser, <clears throat> I think he could have a big weekend, and the Bournemouth schedule looks pretty tasty, I think, through the end of the season, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> Brooks is another one, like hudson Adoy that's really cheap and has the potential to sort of light it up. Brooks tends to play more minutes than hudson Adoy. Um, but who knows? Maybe hudson Adoy has um, has a fan in Sari now, and Sari is going to start um, to play him a bit more. Put Ozil on the list and then put a bunch of question marks after his name. <clears throat> it's a lot to spend on an iffy player. And by iffy, I mean whether or not he actually um, starts. And if he does, how many minutes does he play, whether he starts or comes off the bench, <clears throat> or maybe doesn't play at all. And then also, what kind of product will we see from him on the pitch? Seems like he's done pretty well when he's played, but he hasn't played a whole lot recently. So I don't know it's worth the, the 10 plus million to spend on him. But if you're a gambler, then um, if he does play and if he does produce, you've got yourself a nice little differential there for sure. From Leicester City, I have Madison and Tillemans. Um Tillemans has been, been super impressive lately. <clears throat> Madison, not quite as much. Um, but enough definitely to make it on this list. And given their fixtures um, and his ability to link up with Vardy and the set pieces that he's on, uh, Madison is very deservedly on this list. And then put another few question marks by Almiron's name. He is one, as you know, if you follow us, um, he's sort of near and dear to us, having come from Atlanta United. He hasn't quite lit the world on fire like we hoped. He had some good games early on to go ahead and do that. And I think the most he netted was maybe one assist, maybe two. Um, although he had chances, he created chances, just wasn't falling his way. Um, Perez and Rondon were on the uh, sort of the winning ends of all that goal involvement. But Newcastle do have some nice fixtures ahead and maybe uh, Miggy will settle into his role and really find uh, his rhythm and produce some points, which would be nice because we have him on our team. In terms of forwards, we have Vardy, another player that um, when he's on, he's on fire, and when he's on, you're usually seeing him score at least a brace. So definitely one to consider for your team, not only for this weekend, but also uh, through the end of the season as a long ter longer-term strategy. Wilson and King, <clears throat> the question is, which of them do you pick? Um, always seems like if you pick King, Wilson has the big game. If you pick Wilson, King has the big game. So a little bit of a gamble there. Um, but, you know, usually if they're scoring goals, Frazier is on the uh, the initial side of that. So Frazier is a good choice. Um, of course, the Arsenal boys, Lacazette and Aubameyang, <clears throat> Kind of lean a little more in favor of Aubameyang, or sorry, Lacazette, just because he's a little bit cheaper than Aubameyang and seems to be getting more starts than Aubameyang, too. So can't see any reasons why not to go with Lacazette over Aubameyang. 
unless you have a personal preference. <clears throat> From Newcastle, just mentioned Rondon and Perez, especially because of the fixtures through the rest of the season. And then I put some question marks by Giroud. Um, Iguain looks like he might have lost his starting role, um, or at least maybe Sarri was giving Giroud a chance to earn a starting role, um, to put a more positive spin on it. But either way, um, if Giroud plays, and if he bags a goal or two, he can be a nice little differential there. And then some captain options. <clears throat> so for the limited amount of teams that are playing, there really are some good captain options here. Of course, there's sort of the more widely chosen players like um, Hazard and Mane and Salah will be and probably Lacazette and Aubameyang as well. <clears throat> so there's some safety in numbers there. Um, if the player does well, let's just say, for instance, that Mane is the most captain player this week. If you captain him too, if he does well, then, of course, there's a portion of FPL managers that you beat just because they didn't captain him, assuming that their captain doesn't do as well. Um, but if he doesn't do well, you're not going to fall as much as you would think because most others captain him as well. So there's sort of safety in numbers there. Now, on the flip side, or let's go through the rest of the list. Um, so we said Mane, Salah, Hazard, Lacazette, and Aubameyang in terms of the more widely chosen players. And then differentials, uh, we've got Vardy, Wilson, or King. And again, which of those two uh, Bournemouth boys do you captain? But this is a sort of live by the sword, die by the sword type of mentality. When you go differential on captain, you're going all in and you're really, really hoping that not only does that player do well, but the other captains, some of the ones that I read earlier, the more widely chosen captains don't do very well or maybe blank altogether. When that happens, you're seeing nice big green arrows. But when it doesn't, and especially if one of the other captain options does well, you're most likely going to see a red arrow, um, all other things being equal, of course. So, um, you know, one is sort of a um, risk-adverse approach, and one is more of a risk-tolerant approach for those um, investors out there. But that's going to do it, guys. Go to our Instagram story, at Let's Talk Soccer on Instagram. Press See More. You'll be taken to a really great article uh, that we collaborated on. You'll see not only... Um, insights and data and perspective from us, but you'll see that from a couple of other folks too who really know their FPL stuff. Thank you for staying with us for the first three years of our existence on Instagram. And of course, there'll be much more to come. And we wish you guys nothing but green arrows all the time. So hit us up with some DMs. If you have questions or you need some input on stuff, we're always happy to help. Just make sure you get us in enough time before the game week deadline. What we see all the time, and this is completely understandable, is um, we get messages overnight. So we're in the United States. So, you know, we're several hours behind most of the people that we interact with on Instagram. So, you know, if you can build in sort of a 24-hour cushion just to make sure not only are we awake, 
when we get your uh, message or see your message that we actually have time to respond to it too. So we really do pride ourselves on responding to everyone that we possibly can. We hate having unread messages in our DM inbox. So that's going to do it for now, guys. Until next time, we say peace and share your scores with us. And let's see some green arrows. Bye.